your your brain is actually just having a meltdown there, Malachi. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we've played some pretty amateur rugby since, only just beating a CT France team. <laughs> that would actually be insane. Rugby. Hello, and welcome to Much Do About Rugby's Christmas special. Today, we have a fun Christmas-themed change from the normal, but of course, with the usual rugby content we know you all love. Um, so, of course, this episode is, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, and we are also on Facebook and Instagram with a tag, Much Do About Rugby, so you can go find us there. Uh, so today, the format for this episode is going to be slightly different to our normal format, but it is going to be similar to a format some of you might know. It's called uh, a show called Fighting Talk on BBC Radio 5 Live. And if you haven't listened, I would thoroughly recommend it. They have a few episodes up at the moment. They're both Saturdays at 11 o'clock. Um, but essentially, it's a game, a quiz show. And we have very simple rules in play. Uh, we're going to do our own little version of it. So I'm going to ask a series of questions. Um, our panel will come up with answers and give reasoning for their answers and they will get credit for creativity and comedy you get three points for the best answer one point for the worst answer i have the say on all answers and all points giving so if they give an answer that i don't like they can easily lose points they can easily uh get points taken away uh also there's a special bonus round at the end but we'll come on to that later now i've said our panel and of course it's time for me to introduce them so um they are all familiar faces in the Much Do About Rugby call, uh, in the Much Do About Rugby pod room. So, firstly, we have the Ireland and England hybrid that somehow gets away with supporting two international teams at once. <laughs> it's Maliki. Maliki, how you doing, my G? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. How are you, Ed? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You got some good answers lined up for us today? Yeah, I think I've got a few funny answers. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited. Yeah, we've got to put, put a bit of work into it, haven't we? So uh better go well. I'm I'm struggling already with these uh little <laughs> soundboard things that I that I've managed to come up with. It's but right, um right. yeah, we'll be fine. Okay, so next on our panel we have the sexy beast who is somehow always right about everything. We'll see how right he is today in our quiz. It's Maxon Lambert. Maxon, how you doing today, mate? Yeah, good. Love the intro. <laughs> yeah, mate, thought, thought it suited you quite well. Um, yeah, so, uh, Mackie, mate, what about you? Are you confident today? Are you going to win? Yeah, I think I've got a pretty good chance. I've lined up some, some high-quality answers. <laughs> I've got a nice balance of pure factual rugby and also comedy in there. So, That's what we my like chances. to hear. That's what we like to hear, mate. That's what we like to hear. Now, our third contestant on the panel, on, on the panel is someone who people will, should find familiar, really. He's been on the show before, known as the hairiest man in all of England, a Harlequins fan, and otherwise known as Mr. Booze. It is, of course, <laughs> Will Simpson. Simo. <laughs> I've, of course, had to get this theme music on just because it's, it's so good. And... Uh, We've got this as well, so uh, I'm going to be playing that throughout your answers. So, uh, mate, thank you for joining us again. How are you doing? No problem. Good, thank you. Still hairy. Um, yeah. Forward to, uh, I've got a few good answers prepared, so uh, looking forward to it. Thank you for having me back. Perfect. Lovely oh, stuff, mate. Absolutely no worries. Right. Okay. Let's 
go into the questions then. Uh, first question. With David Pocock, known as the turnover king, having retired from international rugby, he will forever be revered as possibly the best dealer of opposition ball. Um, and with Christmas around the corner, and bearing that in mind, which player is most likely to steal your Christmas presents? Let's start off with Simo being our um, guest today. Let's, let's start off with you. Right, so the player I've said is most likely to steal my Christmas presents is the Scotland international Jamie Ritchie. The art of shithousery goes a very long way in the game of rugby, providing comedy for us as the fans and an advantage to their own team. And without fail, Jamie Ritchie is one of the best in the modern game. Without fail, he gets the other team to niggle, sometimes a bit more than a niggle, when Ben Harras punched him straight in the face. Although I don't think it really hurts him that much as he already has steel plates in his cheeks. <laughs> so from that, I would definitely assume he is someone who would love to play a good practical joke at Christmas and hide or steal people's Christmas presents. He is also not half bad over the ball in the game of rugby. Uh, so therefore, in terms of execution, he'd probably be pretty flawless as well. So that's why I think Jamie Ritchie... Nice one, Simo. Mal? I've decided to go for Peter Steph de Troyes because having a look at his history, I feel he's... <laughs> yeah, I know, controversial. I feel he's got a bit of history in stealing stuff. So the first thing I feel he stole is the Rugby World Cup from England, of course. I'm not crying about it, but yeah, alongside him and the, uh, the whole South Africa side, we should have run one, really, let's be honest. England deserved that World Cup. But yeah. And then secondly, he also stole the World Player of the Year award for 2019. Like, let's be honest, what did he actually do in 2019? He's not that good. Like, I'm sure Tom Curry and Colby feel a bit robbed themselves. So yeah, um, with those, looking at his history and uh, the part, those facts, I think, and along the side that he's probably a bit of a dick, to be honest. I think he's the kind of guy who would probably steal your presents. So yeah, I've gone for Peter Steptatois. <laughs> good answer, Mal. Good answer. Maxin. Maxin. Go, yeah. go. So I've actually chosen um, Jacob Umanga. Uh, and I've chosen Jacob Umanga for two main reasons. First of which is due to the amount of stealing that he's been doing uh, this year. A uh, very naughty boy he is. Um, so Jacob Umanga, obviously, he's been stealing all the limelight within the Prem. Um, been playing fantastically well uh, for the Wasps. He's also stolen uh, many places in England training camps from um, some great quality tens where it might not be deserved. So, yeah, Jacob Umanga. The second reason why I've chosen Jacob Umanga, um, obviously, is because he's chosen his, uh, he's chosen to play for England instead of New Zealand. So, his parents definitely hate him. So, I don't think he's going to be having many presents this year from his parents. So, in order to get some presents, he's definitely going to have to steal some from. Uh, from me so Jacob Umanga very good guys right I'll top up some scores for that round and um, yeah I can safely say that uh, Max and I'm actually going to deduct one point from you just because I don't like you that much there you go <laughs> just as long as parents hate him <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, on to the second question then obviously on the real fight he thought they would probably have someone call in now but um, we didn't want Major to call in so there you go <laughs> Um, so, with so many great figures in world rugby, who would you most like to have for Christmas dinner? So, the player right. I... You're going to me first? Yeah, yeah, Simo, you can yeah. go. The player I would want to have most at my Christmas dinner is Brian Moore, the commentator. 
I think Brian Moore brings the wit, the comedy, and the occasional passionate outburst to his commentary. Uh, with everyone's favourite being when he lost it when England kept kicking the ball to Italy and he screams. Uh, another favourite of mine actually is when he called a player a half-wit on live TV. So yeah, I think he would add some great wit, some blunt chat to the dinner table uh, and along with that, some brilliant stories. He played in an era just before the game went professional where uh, a period when drinking and nightclubs were as compulsory as the actual rugby games. So um, I think he'd bring some excellent chat to the table. And lastly, I want to know what he actually thinks of his fellow commentator, Eddie Butler. If you've ever heard someone droning on about Wales or some irrelevant aspects of the game, it will be Eddie Butler. And I want to know whether Brian Moore actually likes that man. Because uh, I do not. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Let's go with uh, Mackie next, please. <clears throat> yeah, so I've chosen um, Joe Marler. Um, first and foremost... A uh, hilarious bloke who plays for a fantastic uh, rugby club at Harlequins, I must say, Ed. Um, <laughs> they are good, I must say. Yeah, they're, they are they're good. They're great. They're probably one of the best sides in the Premier League. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, absolutely hilarious guy. I mean, a few moments that stand out, obviously, his um, little um, tiff with, with James Haskell on the rugby pitch is quite a funny moment. I think he squirts some water. Um, I don't think you really need to say much more than that, honestly, Max. And I think you've probably got the points. Mal? I've got one other point. Do you wanna... No, I don't care. Ma- Mal? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I can't really pass up on the uh, opportunity to have Christmas dinner with a rugby legend. So I've actually gone for Johnny Wilkinson because I thought at Christmas dinner, you would probably want to hear some pretty good stories. And what is a better story to hear than winning the World Cup for England with a drop goal? Like, that would actually be insane. But then alongside that, he's just got a pretty insane career. Probably one of the like, most famous English rugby players ever to live. Probably is the most famous. So I'm sure he has a lot to talk about. And yeah, I'm sure he'd be great company. Awesome. Yep. Very good, Mal. Um, Simo, unfortunately, that answer just didn't quite beat uh, Mal, and, Mal and Maxon's great English legends than Marlon and Wilkinson there. <laughs> Um, was definitely a legend. <laughs> no, but I did. Uh, I did like um, Brian Moore. No, I'd be, gee, he just seems like a bit of a dick to me, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> you, can, you can you can have dinner. You can have dinner with him if you, if you want. I'm sure it'd be very interesting. But okay, everyone loves a few new items in their wardrobe for Christmas. Um, but which of the rugby kits from 2020 that we've seen play and uh, throughout the year for club or international level? Uh, would you most like to buy for Christmas this year? The kit I would most like to have my stocking would be the Stade Francais home jersey from this year. There have been some brilliant and outrageous rugby jerseys over the year. However, no one does it quite like Stade Francais. They've had some truly outrageous, ugly and general, general hideous tops over the year, which make them stand out. It makes them look brilliant when they're playing well like a touring party who are still hung over when they're losing. <laughs> However, their 2020 kit is actually a bit different. You know, they've actually managed to design a really nice, cool and slick jersey, showcasing their classic pink with lightning bolts across the chest. So therefore, I quite like that in my locker. Whoa, pretty good, pretty good. I haven't seen the kit personally, so I'm not sure how many points you'll actually get. But um, let's go <laughs> with uh, Mal. I decided to go for the Munster kit. Now, the first time, uh, the Munster European kit, not their normal kit, I've got to make that clear. 
because they're European kit. I only actually saw recently. <laughs> I only actually saw recently. The European kids are mal. Mate, it's dank. It's actually blue. It's sick. Like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, like, good. it's like a red scarty colour. Seriously nice. And ma- I think that the big thing is it's a massive upgrade on their previous kit, which is like a really not very nice red kit. So yeah, it's a Adidas kit as well. I think they produce the best kits, the the three stripes and everything. But yeah, seeing seeing it on the pitch against Quinns um, last weekend and then against uh, Claremont yesterday, it just, looked, it just looked so good. It just looks so good. So yeah, that's the kit I'm having to go for. Fair enough, Maxin. Um, yeah, I've chosen the Toulouse home kit. Um, absolutely stunning kit. Also helped by the. Uh, some of their the great rugby they play and some uh, rather rather good looking players they have on their team as well. Um, so I think it makes their kit even better. Lovely, uh, a lovely red colour, uh, fairly consistent throughout. Uh, <laughs> crest. Um, lovely red colour, consistent throughout. <laughs> <laughs> what what does that mean? <laughs> I like it though. I like it. Maximum points for Maxim. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, uh, obviously, uh, as it's coming towards the end of the year, we we uh, are kind of kind of incorporate our 2020 awards into this quiz. So um, it's the same format as the questions before. There are uh, four awards that we're doing. So um, obviously, I've asked uh, for nominations from each of our each of our panel players. So what I'll do is just ask the questions one by one. Um, for the nominations and then I will be picking obviously the final winner of each award. So without further ado, let's start with Max in this time. Who is the best player of 2020, please? Nomination. Yep. So my um my best player I've gone for um yes lady. Um I've gone for Henry Slade. Um he clearly he won the uh, double with Exeter, played fantastically well, pulling strings in that side. Um, also been playing very, very well for England and very flexible. Um, Grey-looking bloke. All round <laughs> on terribly well this year. So, Slady yeah, wins it for me. Just going to let that hang with Maxon <laughs> saying Slady's a good-looking bloke there. That's fine. <laughs> we know where Maxon's tendencies lie then. Um, okay, Maliki. Well, I spent quite a long time trying to decide on this because I thought there's been so many great players this year, but I thought you can't really give it to anyone else other than Maro Itoje. From his presence on the field, screaming at every ruck, to the turnovers he makes and just making all those dominant tackles, putting pressure on the team, being the, actual, the impact that he has on any team is unparalleled. You can't really compare him to any other player. He is the best player in the world. Let's be honest. He plays for England. We are the best team in the world. And yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it is very nice. That was, yeah. Let's, let's just see if Simo can possibly top that at all. Go on, Simo. Right, well, I've gone for my best player, someone called Antoine Dupont, who won Six Nations Player of the Tournament. And I think had he been playing in the last game against England, I don't think Maratoji would have as many trophies in his. And the reason I think he's the best player is pretty simple. I love watching him play. So at a time when rugby has been described as one just for the purists and maybe a few rule changes are needed to make it more free-flowing, I think interesting players like Dupont are perfect and needed. His step, creativity, surprising speed and natural scrum half cunning 
makes him the first pit to play for Quinns. So if you're watching Antoine, please come over to Quinns. And in the meantime, he's a cru- crucial player for both France and Toulouse. And uh, he's one Eddie Jones is definitely happy to see on the sidelines. Lovely stuff. So uh, the the answer that <laughs> the answer that I like most, Max, I don't know where you're going with Slade. That obviously hasn't been the best player this year. What are you talking about? It's obviously Maratoje. So thank you very much, Maliki, for bringing that to my attention. Uh, he <laughs> he is he is much of our beast. 2020 player of the year so well done marrow uh right second nominations that we need to get out are the ones for young player of the year so i've i didn't really set an age range for this but um i kind of just let that our panel use their imaginations a little bit so let's start with maxim for this one please yeah so i've i've gone along similar lines of my uh, best player award i've gone for an extra player um, I've gone for Gareth Steenson at the fine young age of 36 years, eight months and 15 days. He's had a fantastic breakthrough season for Exeter winning the double. Um, really great, great one to watch for the future. I think he's a future England 10. Time. How old actually is he? He's 36, eight months and 15 days. He's retired. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be right back after that one, Max, and thank you very much. <laughs> um, right, uh, Mal, on, on with you, please. You're going to hate this, Ed, but I've had to go for an Irish lad. Caelan Doris, who else? He's been absolutely immense this year. He's been ab- I decided to go for best young player. I thought you've got quite a lot of young guys who are already starting for their national team. So I decided to go for a breakthrough player who's made the, he made the leap to national and starting that club. Obviously, that is what Caelan Doris has done. He's been immense for Leinster. He's been <laughs> immense for Ireland. His physicality, like I don't know what else you want. He can play both flanker and eight. And I'm, yeah, I've got, I've got him down for being in the Lions Tour of 2021. Definitely. <laughs> Damn, your, your brain is actually just having a meltdown there, Malachi. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about, but come on, Simo, save it. Save no. it, please. I too went for a player like Maliki, who has recently made the jump up to international. He's not far off half the age of Gareth Steeson, unlike <laughs> Mackie. Uh, it's called he is called Jordan Pattaya. He's from the other he's from the other hemisphere, and I won't pretend to know copious amounts of young under twenty players. I didn't fancy googling them and spouting off some crap. But uh, Jordan Pattaya is twenty years old and he's already played in the World Cup for Australia. I think he's one of the most exciting young players because of his speed and strength. And everybody likes to gas up a young back who has the ability to run right whenever he gets the ball. So who better than Jordan Pattaya? <laughs> While I'm sure there are plenty of young 20-year-olds out there, none have quite the CV of Jordan Pattaya. And he is growing as an important player in the Australian lineup. He is bloody good, that guy. Yeah, fair play. Right, Simo comes away <laughs> with the points from that one. Well played, Simo. Uh, next award, where is it? I've lost it. Uh, oh yeah, this one. This one was a bit random. I don't know. I just kind of chose it randomly. Um, best worst player. Can we have Maxim go first on this one? Best worst player, Maxim, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. I um, I struggle to think of someone for this because I was debating between two. But for the best worst player, I wasn't really sure how to pull it. But I went for Alan Wynne Jones. <laughs> um, <laughs> been absolutely. <laughs> Awful. Um, <laughs> Owen Jones completely lost it. 
the Wales team becoming a tier two nation. Um, I feel quite bad for him after Korea's had, but I think he should hang up his boots and end it because uh, he's been pretty dreadful in 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, definitely the best worst player in that Wales team. Well done. Um, let's go with Simo, please. Uh, so I went with the player called Gabriel Ibitoye. Uh There may be some slight resent here since he left Quinns and went to France to play for Arjun. However, I think that was a grave mistake because for those of you who don't know, Arjun came second last in the top 14 last year and are yet, and are yet to win a game this year in the top 14. They're pretty dreadful. They're, they're going down. They're going down. So therefore, yeah. you can easily assume it's not a brilliant team. However, Ibitoye is one was one of top try scorers and meters made and ball carries in the Quinns team. So therefore, he is my best worst player because he's a good young player who's wasting his talent in France. Yeah, good point. Who's 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 left? Mal. Mal, yeah. Yeah. So I've decided to go for Duncan Weir. Now I've chose this because <laughs> let's be honest, he's not exactly best player like he barely stands out in a Worcester team let alone in the premiership yeah he's managed to squeeze himself into the starting 10 spot on the up and coming Scotland team due to obviously due to the injuries of of uh, Adam Hastings and what's this called Finn Russell but still how has he done that and all, all alongside that he's rocking that ridiculous but also hilarious afro which makes him look like <laughs> comes straight out of like a 70s disco or something stupid but yeah, it's just, it's just quite hilarious how he's managed to how he's starting for Scotland and his throw is just a bit too good to ignore so yeah he's my best worst player yeah Mal you take the points on that one I think just because obviously he is the best worst player <laughs> but he's he's not like he's, he's like Alan Jones is a great player so therefore Duncan Weir has to take the points <laughs> Ibatoya hasn't even got you know England caps so you know, can't can't really give you that one. So one second while I just tot up the points. Uh, Mal, you take the points for that round with Maxine coming a solid last. Um, <laughs> what? How did that <laughs> <happen>? <laughs> um, right, the last award we have is uh, Rugby Moment of the Year. So if I could start off with Simo for this one, please. Okay. I was thinking of going for the recent game between Harlequins and Northampton. Uh, but I couldn't decide in a moment. So instead, I've gone for Josh Matavesi's try versus Worcester a few months ago. I don't know whether you saw it, um, but it's one of the most unlikely fly-half tries. It was the type, it was the type of try rugby fans showed non-rugby fans to try and impress them about the game of rugby. <laughs> and I think Matavesi was described by the commentator as the ender of worlds. <laughs> Basically, to set the scene, he received, he received the ball in the 10 position. And for those not familiar with Matavesi or Bath squad, you'd think it was a forward who'd got lost in the back line or fancied themselves like a 10. A bit like forwards do, like Maxon used to do back in schoolboy rugby, <laughs> and it'd just be an utter shit show. But what he did do is he threw a huge dummy which fooled absolutely nobody, either in the crowd watching on TV or anyone on the other team. However, that didn't matter because he went and just trucked straight over his opposite man, bounced another person and went under the posts. Uh, the, so therefore the power the attempted ingenuity which didn't quite come off and the comedic value showed everything that is great about rugby and uh, that's why I made it my try of the year it was also a fantastic game for Bath so um, while I don't support them it was good fun to watch 
lovely staff. Let's go with Maxon next, please. Mm. So I thought you were talking about the one where he like runs from fullback and does the most outrageous dummy and like goes straight through. The game before and <laughs> the game before and the game after he tried it again and bounced him and scored anyway. Yeah. It, it was out of <laughs> the round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no. So my moment of here, I mean, it's not as uh, in depth as Simo's, but mine was in Six Nations game back in February, I think, when there were crowds. Um, Wales versus England. See, I think that was a scrum which England won. Joe Marler continues to walk through and uh, grab <laughs> Adam and nuts. <laughs> Uh, and then to get a, a ban for it as well. So that's my rugby moment of 2020 <laughs> is Joe Marler squeezing out of the great thing about the ban was is, is that it was literally the last game before lockdown, wasn't it? So by the yeah. time he completed his however long it was ban, he was actually, you know, back on the back on the pitch yeah. for the next for the next mixture, which was great. <laughs> so um yeah. big kudos to uh Joe Marler there for that timing. And uh, Maliki, can we have your, your moment of the year, please? I've had to go for Johnny May's try against Ireland. Like, I'm a big sucker for backs scoring tries and especially tries where the player running just seems untouchable, which is exactly what he is. The pace, the skill, the footwork, the kicking, everything about it is just ridiculous. He literally ran from pretty much his own try line all the way and scored. And especially against such a big team like Ireland, and when it was in a game which probably was a lot more pressure, it actually proved the difference uh, between the two teams. So, yeah, Johnny May's try has to, has to be that. You had maximum points until you said it was such a big game against Ireland. Because, we all know that that is not really. Um, but, yeah, so there we have it. Our rugby awards are, are done for this year. Um, so just to confirm, our player of the year is Maritoje, chosen, nominated by Mal. Our young player of the year is uh, Jordan Bataya, nominated by Will Simpson. Um, one second. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, our best worst player was Duncan Weir, nominated by Maliki. <laughs> and our moment of the year is all three moments. Matavesi try for Bath. Marla squeezing the nuts and Johnny May's try against Rugby's just such a great game, isn't it, guys? Yeah, it's full of so many great <laughs> moments, you can't choose one. So obviously on normal fighting talk, they have a round at the end called Defend the Indefensible. So this is essentially when our panel will need to defend a statement for 20 seconds that they inherently disagree with. Um, so I guess let's just jump into it. Now there are 10 points on offer for the uh for the people that managed to go the whole 20 seconds and, and properly, you know, do defend the indefensible because it has happened before on Fighting Talk where people have not defended the statement and just because it's too outrageous, but I'm sure that won't be the case this time. Uh, doesn't really have that strong a connection with rugby. So without further ado, Maxin, if you could please defend the indefensible for this statement. Uh, Saracens are the worst team in Europe. They cheated to win um, any silverware that they got. Go. Yeah, of course. I mean, Sarri's obviously broke the salary cap, which was absolutely outrageous. And clearly, all their players, um, all their best players stayed there as a result of having all those co-investments with Nigel Ray. Uh, and if they didn't have those players, there's no way they would have won uh, as many European Cups or Premiership titles as they did. So for that reason, 
Um, I think that they should definitely have those titles stripped away from them, um, and, uh, <laughs> which is extremely disappointing and, and sad for those people. But Exeter should be awarded all those titles for which they came second place in. Um, there you go. The, the music's over now, Max, and that's when you can stop. So well done. You defended that quite well, actually. Went into quite a bit of detail there. Um, Mal, you're next. Uh, obviously, it's an Ireland-themed one. So... Um, off the back of their recent form, no Irish players should be picked for the Lions tour. Defend it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, defend it. Now. Okay, so pretty much Ireland, they've been pretty bloody awful, haven't they? Like, let's be honest, they shouldn't really have won any of their games. Like, all their players seem to be out of form. Johnny Sexton, who the fuck is that guy? Like, <laughs> Conor Murray, out of form. Like, they don't have any good players. Like, Half their players aren't even Irish, let's be honest. They should, so how can they even qualify for the Lions if they're not even Irish? So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, none of them should really be Lions. They're just pretty bloody awful team. Mal, the pain in your face. <laughs> you actually looked... That was, I, we struggled thinking of one for you as well. That was a good one. Um, all right, Simo, uh, which one have I got to go for for you? I've got a couple written down. Uh, here we go, okay. Um... England are on a massive decline with an awful coach and zero young talent. Away you go. Yeah, England have been on a pretty much downward decline since that game against the All Blacks, which we all watched together. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the best games of England I've ever seen. However, since that, we lost in the final. We then lost to France in the Six Nations. Uh, we've played some pretty amateur rugby since, only just beating a C-team France team. <laughs> it's not looking pretty good. We're still relying on some pretty old players like Ben Young's. <laughs> Barrel's hitting his 30s soon. So I think, I think by the time he gets to the next World Cup, we're barely going to get out of the pool stage like we did in 2015. <laughs> yeah, Simo, well done, mate. That was actually way too confident. It sounds like you're actually thinking we're the wrong <laughs> massive <people. laughs> Simo, chill out. Um, that's the end of the game. Um, we have in last place, obviously, Maxton with 22 points because he got a few minus points at the start <laughs> um, for, for slating me before the episode even started. Uh, Simo, second place, 25 points, and Mal on 27. However, we have a final bonus question that can decide it. So the person with the best answer for this question will get an extra seven bonus points let's just say seven just because that makes, <laughs> that makes the win that makes the winner the winner um so it's it's one simple question um similar to the ones we were doing earlier and the best answer will get seven points and win the game so winner takes all the question is maliki will start with you which what would you get a player of your choice for secret santa so the player i've chosen for this is of course twig legs aka geordie barrett now he's a great player he's got he's got speed he's got kicking ability can play multiple positions but one thing he does lack is a good pair of legs so what i decided to do is uh game game a squat rack game some uh weights maybe game a personal trainer just for the leg workouts and, uh, maybe one day he'll be as big as mine so that's why i'd have to get <laughs> Very good, Mal. Very nice, good. Nice cheap secret Santa present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maxon, let's go with you, please. Yeah. So um, I have, well, the person I've chosen to give mine to is uh, Alan Wynne Jones. Obviously, he's getting quite a lot older now. He can see the effects of aging on his body. 
um, not leastly his hairline, and he's been seeing a great deal of hair loss. So I would get Alan Wynne Jones a uh, <laughs> a complete hair um, hair transplant, um, courtesy of myself, transplanting some some fine locks from his pubis area <laughs> to his um, scalp to unhinge him. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, he definitely needs it. Um, Simo, let's go with yours to end the program, please. Right. What would you get a player of your choice for Secret Santa? So for Secret Santa, I decided I'd get Johnny May a Forrest Gump running suit or fancy dress outfit. <laughs> he comes across as being slightly odd at the best of times, and several of his teammates have highlighted this during some interviews. My favourite is when Danny Kerr said Johnny May thought he was possessed by a chicken. <laughs> Although he, 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 has, he has kind of denied this while blushing heavily. Uh, regardless of this, he is the portrayed personality of Johnny May combined with his speed and running style. A bit like a gazelle who will never stop running. Uh, reminds me of Forrest Gump, specifically in the scene where he plays American football, college football. And he keeps running and runs beyond the trial or the, the end zone and into the lockers behind. <laughs> I think this would suit him perfectly, and um, it would really just be Forrest Gump wearing Forrest Gump. <laughs> awesome. Great answers all round. But I'm afraid to say, both Simo and Maliki, you've actually fallen short of the final hurdle. It's Maxon that comes away with the point. Alan yeah. Wynn Jones. No, what the hell? How did you win that? Is so stupid. He's slated Alan Wynn Jones. Woody Barrett's like six foot four and doesn't actually have small legs. He actually has big legs. It's just. They're small in comparison to how big he is, like top half of his body. So that's Mac fine. definitely does not deserve to win. He was literally last for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just hates Alan Wynn. <laughs> yeah. wow. Unlucky fellas. It's fine. It's fine. You can, you can come, on, come on next time and we'll uh, <laughs> see if we can change that. Rick the scoring a little bit, maybe. But yeah, it's Maxim <laughs> that comes away with the points today. Um, how many points did I say I'd give him? Seven. Seven. So he ends on... Wow, a close, closely fought battle on 29 points. Uh, Mal, your second, still on 27. And Simo, our guest for today, unfortunately, you've come last with 25. Um, there's no real prize. It's just being pride. on the show. That, that is the prize. And also, yeah, pride of, pride of winning. So, uh, rugby is the winner. Yeah, rugby, rugby is the rug winner. That is the yeah. ultimate winner. Yeah, for what it is. <laughs> yeah, just play rugby for what it is. Come on, guys. <laughs> 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 all right um that about sums it up for this episode thank you so much for listening we hope we hope you've uh, had as much fun as we have with something a bit different that we've tried to do um if you did like the episode don't hesitate to contact us on facebook or instagram obviously our tag is much joe rugby we are also available on spotify apple podcast and youtube if you want to see our beautiful faces and uh we can have we'll have a bit of a Christmassy themed viewing in, instead of our normal blue background so uh, that should be a bit of fun as well. Uh, thank you very much for watching or listening to Much The Where Be and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Rugby.